Hey, Mob Squad, it's Mike with the Multiverse of Badness. Just wanted to give you a few pre-show notes for this episode number one. This was supposed to be our Christmas episode. Yes, we know we're late because we took an awesome extended break, recharged the batteries, and now we'll be releasing our podcast on Thursdays, at least for the time being. Second thing, we've decided to add a Patreon for the Mob Squad. If you'd like to support us, $1.49 U.S. dollars a month. We'll throw you shout-outs on the show. We'll give you some preamble on our Patreon page, and you'll probably get to see some terrible, terrible horror movie reviews because I am up to 24 movies in 24 days. And yes, a lot are terrible. So, patreon.com slash Multiverse of Madness. Check that out. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Multiverse of Madness, ruining your comic book Christmas for the second year in a row. I am Mike and to help with our annual Yuletide festivities, please welcome the half-eaten cookies to my spoiled milk left out overnight. Zach, how are you today, buddy? Ho, ho, hold the phone. It's me. It's me. The <laughs> Z-O-double-G. Zog? That makes no sense. Merry Christmas, Mike. Merry Christmas, Mob Squad. It is a Merry Christmas, and it's always a fun time when we actually get to review a Christmas comic book, and we're going to do that for the Mob Squad again today. And I am also going to resist the urge to have twinkle jingle bells going underneath this simply for the sake of our friend Stu from the Stu World Order. That's right, and don't worry, Stu, I will be mixing this episode most likely, so Zach <laughs> will be put in the corner but we are going to review this week again a Christmas special. We planned on reviewing the Ultimate Warrior Christmas, but it's pretty fucking hard to find. So we had to pivot, and we are going to pivot to one that's a little easier to find from February 1991. It is The Incredible Hulk number 378. And just before the book starts, we are left with a note to the reader. It says... All during the tenure of the Grey Hulk, readers asked for the return of a certain villain. We never delivered. Now, in this holiday season, we take this opportunity to rectify that, and also to explain why Rick Jones was limping last issue. All this <laughs> in the feel-good story of 1990, entitled... Rhino Plastered. So, out of the gate, we have a Christmas story... And the name is, I assume, a pun on rhinoplasty? Yes, I assume so. But instead, it's not a very funny pun since it is simply making fun of a down-and-out rhino who appears to be living in an alley. I mean, he doesn't even get rhinoplasty. It makes no sense. <laughs> but he might be in the bag. But I do know that before we go on about the rhino and his lack of rhinoplasty... We do have his to mention. His nose is perfect. <laughs> well, I'll tell you whose nose is not perfect. It's this fucking guy we're introduced to at the beginning of this comic book that looks like the dirt bag that shreds all the scales in your guitar shop but can't play one fucking open chord. But it's Rick Jones, and I don't understand why, but he appears to be wearing a Public Enemy t-shirt. Because Rick Jones is the coolest, and I shit you not, the first note I made for this book is... Rick Jones is the coolest. <laughs> well, your notes suck, buddy, because Rick <laughs> Jones is kind of a dick in this. Actually, it's not him being a dick. It's a whole children's ward of sick kids at a hospital, literally just up and running amok. I don't think this is good for the health of children in hospitals. It's not even that they're excited for Christmas. It's just a ward for children who have a really severe case of just being an asshole. 
Especially this one little bastard of the sixes tongue out, but we'll get back to him later. Rick Jones, the all-around do-gooder, knows how to put these kids at ease, however. He's going to tell us a story, a fable, if you will, about the time that the Grey Hulk was introduced to the Rhino, who was also someone else in this, but we'll get to that in a minute. But also, Rick Jones teaches the kid a very important lesson which is the only way to beat a bully is to be a bully for you see the altercation (laughs) that he breaks up between the children in the hospital involves one kid pulling faces in some of the most expressive face drawing i've seen in a book that we've covered which i fell in love with instantly Uh, but this kid is pulling faces and body shaming another child on the ward and i love because rick jones is like Hey, big stuff, come over here and let me tell you something, Chunky. <laughs> he fully just like, he's like, don't let this kid call you fat, you giant tub of lard. There's a fine line between being fat and being chunky. And as a kid that carried some extra weight, take it from me. Being fat is worse than being chunky. So he's actually trying to put the child at ease. I take it back. Rick Jones isn't the coolest. <laughs> that guy. But you know who is the coolest in this? It's the rhino again. He is homeless. He looks like he's just living out in the streets. He's got this old blanket over him. And he can't find anybody to talk to. This guy just wants to talk normal people stuff. Can you tell us some of the things he'd like to talk about? Honestly, one of the things I would like to talk about is the fact that this story, and I will start a goddamn internet campaign for it should be how the rhino is introduced to the mcu he's down and out he's desperate for a human touch because he can't get out of this suit he must fucking stink all he wants to do is talk about football and broads but all the other (laughs) supervillains they just want to talk about fighting superheroes he's had enough mike well you know what gets me is he has had enough And suddenly he comes up with this bright idea. He's like, I'm going to go knock over a bank. That'll make me happy. Why are you living in the streets if you can easily knock over banks and it makes you happy? This guy is not very intelligent. He is the rhino. We have to remember that. So he absolutely petrifies two uh, homeless people in this alley. They run out of the alley screaming and into the waiting arms of none other than the Grey Hulk, who I believe either misspeaks Or there is a spelling mistake in this book because they say, oh no, another ugly grey monster. And he says, I represent that remark. Not resent, represent. Yeah, I think that's kind of a play on words. How? None of the puns work in this comic. (laughs) I'm not saying it's well written. I'm just saying I think that's what the writer's up to. I get it. He's big and grey. He represents it. But... That sucks, man. That is a bad joke. And it really sucks for Rhino because now he can't even go rob a bank. He's just going to have to sit here. And if he goes and robs a bank, he's like, I'm probably just going to get beat up again. I'm just going to sit here and be depressed. Wait a minute. I've got an idea. Let's shelf robbing a bank for a minute. Why don't I go over there? Take the Santa costume from a guy ringing a bell for the Salvation Army. And I guess make money from people sticking quarters and pennies and bubblegum in a Salvation Army 
basket. An absolute new low for a supervillain. You've got to think some of the stuff that the Rhino has been up to in his career, and you've got to remember at this point, in the early 90s, the Rhino was having a really bad time. <laughs> well, his time might get better, it might get worse, it depends. As he's trying to fleece do-gooders, the owner of the mall comes out and he's like, hey, excuse me, sir, can I get some help? Our Santa Claus is drunk and injured, and we need a replacement Santa. And that's why we've come to you, a man who is drunk, but not injured. <laughs> well, this time Rhino's like, hey, you know what? This sounds like a good idea. Maybe this will make me feel good. And it and does. He does. It does. All of the adoring children saying, Santa, Santa, you see the rhino crying, saying, oh my God, this is what love feels like. Maybe I should give love a try. And this is one of those moments where I was like, this is how we introduce the rhino to the MCU. But you know who is not kind to of the rhino and sets him back in his miserable ways? Gravity. The fucking adults. The gravity and the fucking adults. Because he breaks his chair and then some motherfucker's like, ah, hey, look at him. The big old tub of lard. This is what I mean. And I'm pretty sure because it's, <laughs> it's Rick Jones telling this story. So you can imagine the fat shaming is going to happen. I probably right. So he's probably a bit of an unreliable narrator at this point, I suppose. Still the coolest, though. Fat shaming aside, Rick Jones is the coolest. <laughs> I'll tell you who's not the coolest. The kids that are coming up and sitting on the rhino's lap. So I love that there is one kid. Wait one second. I love that there is one kid who is asking for superhero toys from the rhino. And he specifically asks for a Superman and a Batman. <laughs> it's a nice little, uh, hey. nice little Christmas nudge, isn't it? It's like in World War I when everyone stopped playing war and started playing football at Christmas. Oh, it's adorable. It's a miracle. But yeah. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Well, I'll tell you what is also a Christmas miracle is more and more kids wanting shit, and the rhino finally is like, you want shit? Go take shit, motherfucker. <laughs> because apparently, as we're told here, and I like, again, Rick Jones' narrative, you see, kids, the rhino was what you call a manic depressive. Yeah, they then once again drop a real note into this bonkers story saying that like the reason that the rhino has been living in the streets is because he is in a deep, deep depressive episode and all of the events of the day have triggered a manic swing and this is why now he's starting to act out and become more of the rhino that we know. Well, I'll tell you who else is probably also depressed at this point is Rick Jones because he can't find his buddy Bruce Banner. Well... One guy I feel really sorry for in this story is the man who gets barged out of the way while waiting to go for a poo-poo. He's outside the cubicle, a nerdy little Bruce Banner, who looks more like Peter Parker, like early Peter Parker in this book, smashes him out the way, closes the cubicle, and as the guy's like, come on, it can't be that bad, the cubicle explodes and we are treated to a visual Christmas delight, which is the Grey Hulk walking out of the cubicle shooting finger guns at the guy on the floor who's clearly just crapped his pants <laughs> i'll tell you who i feel really bad for or what i feel really bad for is the toilet because i can only assume that the batum is the hulk dropping a deuce in this because bruce banner looks in 
physical pain as he goes into the bathroom. When the Hulk comes out, as you said, finger guns, but he also throws a roll of toilet paper. So apparently... Bruce Banner's been up to more in that bathroom than simply changing into our great friend. I love that he's also saying, all yours. <laughs> Might want to give it a minute. <laughs> well, at this point, we're treated again to the rhino and again to some shitty kids, and we get possibly the shittiest kid. Not only is the kid an asshole, says he's a crummy saying a he pokes him in the fucking eyes and pulls off his beard. That was an escalation. Everyone's done the beard pull at some point, but to poke Santa Claus in the eye, you've got to be a real kind of badass. Well, I'll tell you who's really a badass. Here's the rhino, because not only is he called dumb, he's called ugly, and he says, hey, I've had enough. He gets kicked in the knee, and he literally grabs the kid up by the jacket and hurls him into fucking oblivion. It's like, what do you want for Christmas, kid? I know, life-altering injuries, at <laughs> least. And <laughs> most likely, death. Yes, this poor child getting exactly what he deserves. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but it's Christmas, so I won't argue it. Uh, you know what? Don't poke a man in his fucking eye, kick him in the knee, call him fat, call him ugly, pull at his beard, and not expect to get thrown at least several feet. We all that's a very, okay. All right, it's Christmas. Let's let's stop playing war and start playing football. So they also on this page, mere two pages after we are treated to finger guns, Hulk. We are also treated to thumbs up, Hulk. There is some real dynamic Hulk hand action in this book. Yeah, if he were in good times, he would definitely be Jimmy Walker going dynamite. <laughs> However, he is not, and now the Hulk is here. To save the day from the rampaging Santa Claus rhino. That's a good point, Mob Squad. You've got to keep in your mind at this point that the rhino is still in full Santa Claus outfit, apart from the beard and hat, which have been lost to the poor murdered child. So, <laughs> as you can imagine, being a superhero story involving the likes of the rhino and the Hulk, millions of dollars of property damage is soon done to them all. It didn't necessarily have to be millions of dollars because literally about a page and a half later, it looks like things are going to be quelched. Little did we know that cookies could solve a melee, a fracas, if you will, between the Hulk and the Rhino. However, there's one slight problem with it, Zach. What seems to be the problem here? Would I be wrong if I said it's this lady's surname, Donna Scraggis? <laughs> no, I, I joke. I kid. It's Christmas. It is. The fact that Donna, bless her heart, uh, the owner of Donna Scraggis's exquisite cookies, has put macadamia nuts in there, and that just sends the boys wild. Fucking bitch. Anyway, this leads into a bowling alley, which is not as cool a fight as I would have expected in a bowling alley. I really wanted this to go somewhere. We do see the obligatory rhino slipping on bowling balls. Rick Jones and some rando S.H.I.E.L.D. agent he's been hanging out with, I don't know. I'm sorry, but you have undersold the bowling alley fight. Have I? Yeah, you get a scene have of I? the Hulk throwing a handful of bowling balls at the rhino going, it takes plenty of balls. <laughs> okay. There is a lot of undertones in this book that I've, yeah, I, you're right. I did undersell that. I apologize. You don't need to apologize, Mike. It's Christmas. <laughs> bah humbug. I'll tell you who's getting exactly what he deserves. 
is this shield agent that looks like Barry Allen's skinny brother. And he pulls a gun on the rhino. He's like, freeze, I'm an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the rhino's like, oh, good, I've never killed one of those before. <laughs> I did love that line. That is absolutely brilliant. Like, who is this dude? When we're introduced to him earlier, when the rhino is merely panhandling in his Santa disguise, he walks past and he's, like, bragging to Bruce and to Rick about how many Hydra agents he's killed. So Rhino is about ready to do his business, and we're introduced again via tap on the shoulder to the Incredible Hulk, but something's changed. What's going on here, Zach? This is one thing I really, like, (laughs) put a pin in this to maybe be my multiverse of sadness, is that the Hulk (laughs) took time out of the fight they were having (laughs) to gather up the fake beard and Santa hat, put them on so he could surprise the rhino with a ho-ho-ho bachoom. Bachoom. So at this point, you're probably thinking that the Hulk is ready to really put the rhino out of his misery. However, the rhino is oddly putting up a very good fight. So much so. So it says here, if this is to be believed, his horn actually penetrates the Hulk's skin. Seemingly so, and I'm pretty sure there is a reference to the rhino being so grumpy is because he hasn't had his winky touched in decades. But no, <laughs> yes, you, there is. <laughs> but there is. You're yeah, you're completely right. We have a shot of the rhino laughing his chops off as the Hulk lies, presumably bleeding out on the floor. Yeah, and at this point, apparently, it's obligatory before you're going to hit someone or hurt someone. This comic book has a rule that says you must put on the Santa beard and mustache. So Rhino takes time out of <laughs> trying to kill the Hulk to put on the beard and mustache. And he's wound up. He looks like, yes, the Incredible Hulk has seen his last days. However, what are we introduced to next? We are introduced to, we are left on the cliffhanger of the wound up punch. You flip the page and you are introduced to Stanley's new pet project, the one, the only, Nightcat. Nightcat, The yes. fucking main focus of Stan's soapbox for the week. <laughs> oh, yes, the Nightcat brought to our lives via Joey from the Soul Wizard podcast, and it really was a delight to see her in this magazine. It We'll get back to that in the multiverse of gladness and sadness. But I was pleased as punch to be reintroduced to our favorite superheroine who I now have the comic book of. I purchased on eBay within the last week, Nightcat number one. So I am a fan. And I still regularly listen to number one house rule on YouTube. (laughs) Well, you know what the number one house rule of being a good person is? It involves small children seeing grown men beating the absolute dog shit out of each other. Zach, what occurs here? Another little stroke of brilliance in the story of how we introduced Rhino into the MCU. God damn it, it's happening. As Rhino is wound up, full Santa costume, ready to absolutely smash bloody fuck out of the Hulk's skull. Little Virginia walks over, clutching her her doll and crying, saying, "Santa, what, why, 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 why so violent, Santa? Has he been naughty? You, you can't be Santa. Maybe there is no Santa. <laughs> no, Virginia, there apparently is not a Santa Claus, or is there? Because it does appear that the rhino's heart grew 
three times larger this day. And the Hulk being a good guy, they talk it out. They agree. They say, let's put our petty differences aside. Let's make this a Christmas for the kids. And then they both smile at the terrified child like Mo fucking Sizzlack. Look at those smiles. <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> <laughs> but differences aside, the rhino continues his work as the mall Santa. The Hulk appears to become his elf. And I guess they just kind of do this thing for the rest of the shift. Yeah, but absolutely not for any other reason that they have a debt to them all now. They need to work a shift to pay off the hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of property damage that their giant, muscly super fight had. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what the super fight led to. Sadly for the Rhino, as was mentioned earlier, he cannot take off his suit. However, apparently the Hulk can drop trowel because at the end, he sneaks in a little Christmas cheer... With a lady that doesn't appear to be wearing a bra at all. But luckily she's making up for it by having her mouth wide open. (laughs) And that is Rick Jones' story. It's such a good story. It's a great story. It's genuinely made me feel Christmassy. And spoilers, Mob Squad, we recorded this on the 10th of November. (laughs) Well, you would think at this point, yes. Such a beautiful, heartwarming story. One that brought a supervillain and a superhero together in pure Christmas cheer. Rick Jones, pleased with himself, talking to the ward of six children. Yes, this is going to bring joy and happiness and peace to the rest of their Christmas. Right, Zach? Well, it'll bring happiness and peace to my Christmas and hopefully yours, Mob Squad, because justice is served. You see, the child that... Rick Jones has just spent the last half hour fat shaming as the child, we have to remember, is sick in the hospital. That kid swings a big old kick into Rick's shin, and that, Mob Squad, is how Rick Jones got his limp. <laughs> it is, and I love the high five that happens in the background because apparently <laughs> no kid at all enjoyed this entire fucking story. All the kids in the ward, like all these sick children, are like, yeah, you showed him, stupid Rick Jones. <laughs> Fuck that guy, but let's not fuck this story because it is over. But our podcast isn't because we do have the three obligatory things we do as well as the fourth, which involves us just rambling the same shit. We always ramble, but three things that change every week. One is our multiverse of gladness and the other is our multiverse of sadness. We'll start with gladness. Zach, what's the gladness for you? My gladness for this very, very special Christmas episode is the artwork of Bill Jasker. The faces are some of the most yeah. expressive. I have, like, the postures and the, the layout are all very standard comic book, but the faces tell so much of the story. And from the first page where you see the little blonde kid pulling his cheeks out, sticking his tongue, <laughs> I, I was hooked. I really, really like it. Yeah, I didn't want to be because this is not the best artwork I've seen. The as you mentioned, some of some of it's downright weird looking with the faces being very distorted, but when it comes down to it the expressions they purvey are perfect and he does a great job with that no doubt. Also, what made me glad, Rick Jones getting his in the fucking end. Fuck that guy. So Let's settle this once and for all. The official multiverse of badness stance on Rick Jones. 
coolest or not the coolest? <laughs> oh, is this what we're going to rate it no, on? No, no, just I or just we, want, we, I just want to settle this for the mob squad. So they're not walking around like ambiguously liking Rick Jones when they shouldn't. Oh no, Rick Jones not the coolest. Fuck that guy. There we go. You can take down your Rick Jones posters, kids. He ain't the coolest. Definitely not the coolest. Sadness, Zach. Besides Rick Jones not being the coolest, I know that breaks your heart. What is your sadness? My sadness is probably the attempted humor in this book. There's, it's got a real comedic tone. Grey Hulk is, you know, he's 80s beast. He's Every line has to have some type of pun in it. And I'd say about 20% of them land. A lot of them, as we have discussed on this episode, are uh, incomprehensible. And I just to give some credence to what I'm saying... I am somebody who has spent many years learning the craft of joke writing. I, you know, will often write up to 30 jokes a day. It's not saying all of them are good, but at least one of them will be. They did that. They wrote 30 jokes. So there's maybe one good one, and there's 29 duds. <laughs> yeah, the dialogue's a little funky, but I actually didn't mind that. If there's something I didn't like is just how mean the average kid is in here how mean most of the adults are in here no wonder rhino's in a bad place people are assholes and i it, it really did bother me just that the average person in here is making fun of people the average person in here is violent uh, that's not the way i like my society to be especially in comic books comic books should at times reflect the best of us as society and this doesn't appear to do that so that was a sadness i understand exactly where you're coming from because like regardless of it being a christmas story and all the lame attempts at humor there is kind of like a nastiness to this book it's got like this un unassuming edge to it there's like just certain subtle references to some pretty fucked up shit and it looks kind of ugly, but in a cool, fun, fascinating way. Yeah, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, this is definitely Marvel's attempt at not going all in on the image edge, but trying to tweak it with a little bit with sexuality and a little bit of nastiness, but not the full nastiness. But we have to see if we're going to give holiday cheer to this book. If we're going to take it out with the Christmas wrapping trash, but Zach, can you tell us how we're going to do that? We can, because Mob Squad, as a Christmas present to you, I actually wrote one this week. We are going to play Do You Put It On Your Christmas Wish List, or Is It a Useless Bucket of Rotten Fish Tits? <laughs> Oh, it's a shame I like this book because I wanted to read it the second one so badly, but I can't. This is going on my wish list. I had a lot of fun with this one this year. I think I actually enjoyed this book more than the one we reviewed last year with the X-Men and the Blob and Santa Claus. Um, primarily because this is not really Santa Claus, it's the Rhino. And Santa Claus in last year's book was kind of a whack job, but... Yeah, I, I was happy for it. I think I think I'm gonna keep this one. Yeah, this goes on my wish list. What about you? Absolutely, 100% wish list. Like you always say, if a book puts a smile on your face, this didn't put a smile on your face. This put a warmth in the core of me. I had a real fun time with this book, and I yeah, genuinely would absolutely recommend it for just a piece of just weird media. Again, it's one of those ideas that people had and then people gave them money to actually make and put out into the world. And the world is all the better for it.
And Zach, if that warmth lasts longer than 24 to 48 hours, you should contact a doctor. But if you want to contact us, I can tell the Mob Squad how to do so. You can reach out to us on Mastodon. At the moment, we are at Multiverse of Badness at Toot.Wales. The extension may change, but reach out to us at Multiverse of Badness at Toot.Wales, <laughs> and you will get us finally, Zach. How would the Mob Squad reach out to us via emails? You can reach us at Merry Christmas from Mike, Zach, and everyone here at the Multiverse of Badness at multiverseofbadness.com. You can reach us at Fat Kid Kicked Rick, Nuff Said, at multiverseofbadness.com. And you can reach us at doot.wales at multiverseofbadness.com. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So, yes, Two Dot Wales is where all the cool Mastodoners are hanging out at the moment. However, that may change soon. I just want to remind you that when you ask Santa for a Christmas gift and he gives your shitty ass the number one issue of Nightcat instead of a lump of coal, you can guarantee yourself that you are spending the holiday season here in the multiverse of badness. Merry Christmas, Mob Squad. We love you very much. Merry Christmas.